Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to talk about something very important, our time. And really what we're going to focus on, of course, is an educational podcast focusing on kids' education. And we're going to talk about the true cost of school versus home education and the time that's lost just in the ether from schooling. And I'm going to go through some numbers today. I hope you're able to follow. I tried to make it as straightforward as possible. So I'm going to kind of fly through some numbers and then try and make sense of it with you. And we're going to cover some of the uh, the some of the basics of unschooling to understand the efficiency of it and some of the criticisms of schooling. Uh, so let's dive right in. So first, we're going to talk about the traditional school day breakdown. So you're sending your kids to school. You know they're off to whatever elementary or whatever high school, and uh, they're going to spend about six to seven hours at that school physically, six to seven hours. So we'll say six and a half for future reference. And of those six and a half hours, they're really only getting about two to three hours of actual learning due to everything within their day. The non-academic time, so we're talking about lunches, recesses, other breaks, uh, moving from class to class, uh, just all the administrative stuff that goes along with it. Uh, they're going to do assemblies and they're going to do just managing the class, trying to figure out like who's there, all that stuff. There's a lot of wasted time. They're going to focus on standardized testing. Is that valuable to you and your children? <laughs> we got a lot of wasted time in there. So only two to three hours of actual learning within the day in a, in a six and a half hour day. That's, that's pretty crazy. In addition, you also have to commute there. So the average, as far as what I could find, as far as a commute is concerned, by school bus is about 20 minutes one way. So we're talking about 40 minutes minimum. It was actually over 20 minutes as the average. So over 40 minutes, we, we could just say about an hour because according to what I can find, it's not uncommon for kids to spend up to an hour one way, therefore two hours total for the day, getting bused to and from school, which is crazy. And on the extreme end, it take, they, they, I guess this happens, two hours to get to school and two hours back home, so four hours of commuting. That's nuts to me. But for the purposes of today, let's just say an hour to make the math easy here. In addition to all that, you know, we're already at about seven and a half hours committed to schooling for two to three hours of work, like actual learning, I should say, not, not work. Uh, we're going to have 
about one to three hours of daily homework. If you're purposeful and trying, you know, you, if, if your child is purpose, purposeful, trying to learn and do what they tell you to do, you know, read the chapter, do this, do that. <clears throat> one to three hours. <sighs> homework, homework. Uh, this is intensive for parents. Uh, when your kids get sent home homework and they don't understand or it's a challenging subject or you know, whatever, it's going to be high parental involvement. And this mirrors homeschooling efforts. We're going to go into that a little bit more a little, a little bit later. Let's do some math real quick. Six and a half hours for time at school. That's physically in the building. Plus about an hour commute by bus equals seven and a half hours total time spent just getting around at the school, right? Going to the school, being at the school, coming back. Plus, you got about two hours of homework. We're talking about a commitment of about nine and a half hours for schooling. And of those two hours, you're going to be helping, or at least on call, right? Not a good deal as far as I'm concerned. That's why I don't do it. Let's talk about homeschool efficiency. Now, when I say homeschool, home education efficiency, I'm just talking about anything where you're pulling your kids out of the schooling system. You might be following a curriculum or maybe you're unschooling, but you're certainly not uh, going online at home to attend a regular school because that's just, that's, that's not homeschooling as far as I'm concerned. So the parents are in charge at the very least of the day and how it goes. So t what you get out of this as far as efficiency compared to schooling is uh, you get tailored learning. And the average the people, uh, the kids spend on learning is four to six hours of focused, effective, tailored learning at the child's pace and hopefully their interest. Hopefully you're, you're, you're factoring that in if you're doing just regular homeschooling with a curriculum. You have flexibility to integrate any kind of subjects that you think are important. I think uh, that's very, very good. And you don't have that flexibility um, when you're at school, at least not as a common occurrence. You have uh, the parents leading the way. Now, this is what, like with regular homeschooling, this is going to be time intensive for you. So four to six hours, but it's more efficient for the child because we're talking about, uh, you know, nine and a half hours devoted to their education versus four to six hours. It's just high parental involvement. You got to uh, teach and adjust mes mes uh, methods based off of what the child's needs are. And you do have efficiency in covering more material and less time due to the personalized attention because when we talk about sending your kid into the school where they got 20 other kids in the classroom, uh, you, really they're just going to be covering a topic for the group, not really able to answer any personalized questions, maybe a couple, but then they got to move on, right? And then they hand them a worksheet and they go home. And then it's your job to go over and finish it. But in homeschooling, you get that personalized attention that might be required at times. <clears throat> and I think that's really great. Uh, you really don't have a commute because you're probably doing it at home. You don't have administrative tasks. So you don't really wasting any time. So you're not walking to class, from class. You're not busing all that, all that craziness. So let, let's just do some math again. If the average commute is 20 minutes one way, then you got 180 school days in the year. This is crazy. This is mind blowing. Just by homeschooling, you're going to go 20 minutes 
times two, because it's there and back, all right, so 40 minutes in a day, times 180 school days, which is about what they give, you got 7,200 minutes on commuting within the school year. 7,200 minutes is equal to 120 hours. 120 hours sitting on the bus, staring out the window, listening to, I don't know, music or something which is beneficial in its own right, I suppose. But 120 hours is quite a bit to spend on that. The Anyone want to guess what the minimum credit hours to get a bachelor's degree is? Yep, you guessed it. 120 hours minimum to get a bachelor's degree. That's how much time that is. So that's like if you were in class, you're taking a three credit hour class, you're spending about three hours in class and about, what's the, I, I don't remember the math on it, but uh, you know, if it's three credit hour class, I think it's like double that or something like that. But some of you know better than me on this. I, I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> but, you know, multiply that times, say, four years, and you have a bachelor's degree if you were just going over and taking those 40 minutes a day and plugging them in uh, to actual learning, which is an incredible thought. My kids aren't old enough to get their bachelor's, but I mean, just think about how much time is actually wasted on top of that, all that other time in school. Now, moving on, <clears throat> we, we've demonstrated there's just like that efficiency, just schooling at home, uh, you know, homeschooling. But, but let's talk about unschooling and the efficiencies with that. So first, before we do that, let's we, we got to cover what unschooling is because some of you might not be familiar. So this is going to be very high level. There's podcast episodes that just explain this in much more detail. But in schooling is really learning through life. There's no set hours for learning. Education happens through daily experiences and their interests, uh, the child's interests. It encourages self-directed learning and exploration. Okay, so you have a zero-hour commitment, truly, with the unschooling approach. It has a focus on real-world application. This is going to be very important later as I get to my last topic. But it has a focus of real world application, practical skills, and knowledge applicable to real life. I think that's a very, very, very important uh, an important distinction. As far as time utilization, you got more time for creative exploratory play, you got social activities you can do, and it's just like the world's your oyster with this. Um, in my, the way we run this household with my three kids who are all under 10, uh, it's interest-based child-led learning. Education works around us, not we work around our education. Meaning, we're going to live our life and then learn along the way as opposed to having a school day dictate how we can spend our time, where we can take, when we can take vacations, when we can take a day off, when we need time as a family, when we want to just do something cool. Uh, I don't have to ask anyone to go spend the day outside with my kids. So in addition, where we spend our time is uh, working on a bachelor's degree or two or three. Just kidding. But one day, possibly, because we just have so much extra time compared to the, re compared to, uh, the rest of the kids in the neighborhood who are being sent to the local school. So uh, the efficiency with unschooling. So now moving on. So we talked about schooling and what that looks like. And we're talking about 
about seven and a half hours if you don't have any homework, about nine and a half if you do. And the parents are spending about two hours being on call for this homework if you're doing everything you're supposed to do. Uh, let's talk about that efficiency in unschooling. So you got the individualized pace and, and depth of learning. Unschooling allows for the education to be completely at a natural pace for that child. And it often results in a deeper understanding and retention. This is going to be very important later when I criticize uh, some of the, uh, or there's going to be a survey I'm going to talk about. You're going to, retention is a very important thing. Okay. So a deeper understanding and retention it has the ability to dive deeper into subjects of interest, promoting a love for learning and mastery. So they don't hate learning. And what do, what do our kids come back doing from school? What'd you learn in school? Nothing. Okay. Whatever. You probably learned something, but you know, they don't want to talk about it. Why? Because they hated it and they're starting to hate learning. And that's the worst thing. As far as I'm concerned, one of the worst things you can do for their education, have them hate it. But in unschooling, we promote a love for learning and a mastery for something that uh, you're interested in or you find really uh, useful. We eliminate unnecessary components of uh, the education system. So they're freed from constraints of a standardized curriculum. Uh, you can focus on more practical stuff, which is which is very, very important as I, as I move on from here. Uh, most of the school work that's done in a school isn't very practical. It's not life-relevant education. And unschooling is really strong in this because you're really teaching them as it comes, right? As it practically comes up. Oh, gosh, I need to know what percentages are, so we're going to teach math to learn about percentages because you're trying to figure out how much of a discount there is on the candy at the store, whatever they're buying. Uh, there's a reduction on uh, time spent on topics and activities that aren't directly beneficial to the child's, child's personal and academic growth. You're just freed from all of that, as well as all the bureaucracy and all the standardized testing, depending on what state you're in, uh, at least in the United States. <clears throat> and you really have these real-world skills and applications. So there's an emphasis on skills and knowledge that are directly applicable to real-life situations and future careers. So they're going to get to know themselves better, which I think is hugely beneficial. They have a greater opportunity for hands-on learning, internship, project-based activities that align with these real-world scenarios. So it's very, very, very practical and very, very, very efficient because they're going to spend every hour on something that they're passionate about or just having fun, or excited, or tinkering, or learning new things, or exploring, or being creative. And those are all things that I personally want to build in, in my children. Uh, another, another thing is we, uh, we I'll, I'll move on. So enough about that. Talked enough about unschooling. <laughs> Let's talk about homework. Homework. Homework, homework, home, homework. A double-edged sword as far as I'm concerned, because I think homework's where a lot of the learning actually happens because we have the parents one-on-one -on -one going through it when they're having a hard time. Uh, they do get some reinforcement of the learning that was done in school by repetition, but uh, I don't, how do I say this? Homework is intended to reinforce learning and it can become repetitive and time-consuming, which we're already short on time by sending our kids to school and now we're doing this repetitive 
thing to reinforce the learning and they're probably starting to hate it because worksheets are the go-to. And they rely on repetition in order to teach. The parental role with homework, again, you're the secondary teachers and you're spending hours aiding them in their homework. Uh, probably as much time as I spend with my kids in unschooling teaching math because I, I do my own version of unschooling called intentional unschooling. I have a whole episode on that. Um, there's a ton of overlap. Uh, the time spent on homework by parents can rival that of homeschooling efforts, right? So we just got that. I mean, you're already, I, I covered that enough. Uh, here's my thoughts on homework. Because they focus on repetition, I, I don't believe it's necessarily as beneficial as advertised. I think repetition doesn't equal learning, personally. I think it's boring. I know at least when I got the concept and I had to finish it and do it over and over and over again, yeah, there's some value in that. But I think it's boring and it makes people hate learning. Worksheets are killing our kids' love for learning. Instead, what I do is I focus on building on concepts. Okay? A great example of this is math. Learning addition, right? They're going to learn basic addition, maybe one-digit addition. And then we, as soon as they get that, and it might be two minutes in, maybe not that quick, but, you know, relatively quick within the day maybe, or maybe the next day, we start doing two-digit and then three-digit and then as many digits as you can handle. And then we move on to teaching multiplication. You need to know one digit in order to do two. Once you get two, you can do three, four, five, six digits, whatever, as many as you want digits. And once you get how to add, you can all understand multiplication. And we move on to multiplication very quickly. Once you get how to multiply, you know, you can learn how to divide. And we can move very quickly through these. We t got our, uh, my oldest son, he learned all the way through the beginnings of division within a couple months of learning single digit addition. Um, not because he's a genius, although maybe that's the case, I don't know. But I do know once he got a concept, we just quickly moved on to the next one. You know, we got a couple, uh, we repeated the same thing a couple times, like if we're doing single digit, we do a more challenging single digit math. And then we just keep on building on that concept and we were able to move very quickly at his pace. It was one-on-one -on -one learning, right? And I didn't put any more time in it. Uh, I probably put less time in it than most parents spend on homework because we think we did like an hour or less just to learn that. Again, like in three, three or four months, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but very, very, very small amount of time relative to other kids. In school, he learned that very quickly. I also uh, focus on revisiting concepts after times passed. So we might go back back to how to do uh, multiple digit math addition. I should say might go back through multiplication and division after some times fast passed, and then we. Uh, I, I think that just cements it in their brain. We also focus on the practical application, and this is key. It's way more memorable when they're able to use it in the real world. And really, that's what unschooling focuses on, right? Um, so here's everyone spending two hours on homework, and here I am spending two hours on just teaching them basic stuff, and we're getting way better results, and the kids aren't stressed out. All right, now to my, I don't know if you want to call it a rant, but it is my last topic I'm going to discuss. 
when doing my research, I found this uh, report by CBS. It's online. I'll, I'll provide a link in the description. It was a 2019 survey, and what they found was it wasn't done by CBS. It was I forget who it was done by, uh, but they were reporting on a 2019 survey where Americans. The title was Americans use just 37% of information learned in school. My long sigh. That is horrible. <laughs> We're all going to forget stuff. My goodness. A survey found, and this is a little more, a survey found that the average American uses only about 37% of the knowledge and skills learned in high school. This is when we should be teaching them the most practical skills to become an adult. And we don't, apparently. We teach them a lot of other stuff that's probably useful. Great exposure. But we're killing them by making this so abstract. Uh, Some other highlights from this study. Many adults perceive much of the information taught in high school as irrelevant or useless. Expressing a desire for more practical and applicable coursework. Well, no kidding. I mean, you're probably going to forget all that stuff. And that's where unschooling really shines if we contrast it, because it is almost all practical unless they're interested in it. And if they're interested in it, they'll probably use it later, right? And if they don't, who cares? I mean, they're using just 37% of the information they learned in school anyway. And this is specifically in high school. Uh, Not good, not good. Uh, Another highlight from the survey is they also revealed that Americans have forgotten nearly half, 40%, of what they learned in school, highlighting a significant gap between education and practical application. Again, unschooling focuses on this like crazy. You can actually use it. It's applicable. And if, geez, I don't know. I could go on, but I won't. Let's uh, let's let's just break this down a little bit further because I, I, I don't know. I start to get depressed when I hear some of this stuff. <laughs> All right, forty percent's forgotten. This is a great argument for unschooling with six goals in mind. And we're talking about practical application, right? So if 40% is forgotten, you're retaining about 60%. Okay, great. If I were to focus on my six goals of unschooling, this is what I have for my children. I have six goals for their unschooling or whatever you want to call it, their education. One, life skills acquisition. Life skills acquisition. This is like so, so practical. I mean, it's, I can't stand it. It's so practical. Teach them how to be an adult, right? That's one. Second, adaptability. Guess what? The future's filled with uncertainty and AI's out there and technology's growing uh, faster than Moore's law predicts. It's changing like crazy. You need to be adaptable. You need to be quick to change. That's a skill in the future. So it's a goal of mine. They, 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 I want to be able to raise, I want to raise people who are adaptable because I, I think it's necessary. Next, uh, you know, and that's super practical, right? You can use this anywhere. Next goal is ability to teach self. As things can change, you're going to have to be able to teach yourself, especially when you get on the online world, right? You're really just teaching yourself. Like you might watch something and they're teaching you and whatever, you might be able to interact, but the the real skill is, having the ability to find those resources, to uh, be able to comprehend stuff, right? Without someone 
<laughs> walking you through it 100%, right? The ability to teach self, self, super practical. Nurturing creativity. As I look into the future, as far as I can see, creativity is one unique thing about, one uniquely human attribute. Our creativity can be amplified by technology. So as far as I'm concerned, a very practical skill, something that's uh, set great countries apart from other countries is the creativity and innovation of the society, right? And I want to nurture that creativity. Very, 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 very practical. It's the innovators that are seeing the future, seeing the vision, and then making it happen, you know, like entrepreneurship. Even if you're within your job, that creativity helps, right? Unless you're just doing like number crunching or something like that. But even then, my goodness, that creativity is never lost unless you choose to lose it. Uh, But super practical in that sense. Social skills development, super practical. That's my next goal, social skills development. (laughs) You need to be able to work with all kinds of people, adults, children, older, younger, right? Uh, And then lastly, the last goal is self-knowledge. This is something that I think schooling destroys pretty good because everyone has to kind of conform as a standard. You don't know how much sleep you need because you have to wake up at the same time every day. You don't know when you want to sleep in because you have, when you normally, when, when your body would want you to sleep into because you have to wake up at the same time every day. You don't know when you learn best because you're told what you learn when you learn best. And that's at school, throughout the school day. You don't know really anything about yourself. You just kind of like go through the schooling process and then you're kicked out there. And what's the answer when you don't know what to do? More schooling. And that's very good for the universities. Um, moving on. So we, we got six practical things. Six practical goals for unschooling that they probably will remember the majority of it because it is so practical, right? Um, Moving on, comparing uh, the time doing productive learning uh, between schooling and uh, intentional unschooling. All right. What I'm calling productive learning is learning that's retained. All right. So we're, we're losing about half of that with schooling. And when I talk about intentional unschooling, what I'm referring to, and again, I have a podcast episode about this, we as the parents are not uh, in charge of the kid's education uh, any more than we're in in charge of them as a parent. We have knowledge. We really know we can point them in the right direction. Uh, for what they might need to know in the future. And that's our job. Like we're intentional about their education. For example, if I think they need to know math in the future, which I think they do, it's, it's sometimes hard to get more advanced math, but I can point out along the way where that might be valuable. If my child wants to be an engineer, I can reinforce that you need to learn more about math in order to do that because you're going to have to run the calculations on this and that. Uh, Or it might be valuable in the real world, right? As they go off and try and buy their candy for X percent off, (laughs) then they learn how to do uh, 
math about percentages, right? This is, this is what I'm talking about. We're intentional. We're trying to guide them. We're trying to encourage them down a path that we know there's a good chance they need to uh, go down. All right, so that's intentional in schooling. So let me restate this this kind of like heading that I'm about to go into. Comparing time doing productive learning, that's learning that's retained, between schooling, sending your kid to school, and intentional in schooling, what I just described. So if unschoolers, intentional in schoolers, are getting about two hours of focused learning on something that they're interested in, I think they're more likely to retain it, right? It's more productive. It's productive learning. All right, now let's compare that to the two and a half hours spent on actual learning at the local school during their six and a half hours at school. However, most of that is not retained or half of it's not retained. So let's do some math here. Two and a half hours of learning times 60% retained because it's not applicable. That's why we're, we're getting rid of that equals an hour and a half of productive learning. That's the learning that was retained. So for your seven and a half hours total that you spend getting your kid to school, being in the school, and then getting home, only about an hour and a half is actually learning. On top of that, they're going to be sent home. If they have any questions, you're in charge. (laughs) And you got to answer those. And you're going to spend about, what, two hours on that? Because that's what we said, right? So they're spending, they're getting about, uh, in total, about three and a half hours of learning. And they're at risk, they're at risk of hating learning. They're not learning anything that's practical. So they're, they're not anything that's practical. They're, they're learning a lot of stuff that's not practical. So they're probably going to forget it. Right. And that's what we've seen, you know, of this, of this, we already said an hour and a half, they're going to retain it. So whatever, uh, Oh, I just don't see, I just don't see it guys. I just don't see why this is a great trade-off. I don't think anyone would take this deal if they're presented it on paper and we didn't have all this cultural norms of school. Uh, At least I wouldn't take it unless, unless, unless I'm looking for childcare. That's a great reason to take it, but not for educational reasons. Unless you just don't want to do the kid's education. You say, I don't care how you get it done. Take my kids, just get it done. I don't care how inefficient it is. I don't care how they come out at the other end, as long as they pass the standardized tests, whatever. Um, I, I personally, I'll take the uh, two hours of focused learning that I'm going to get, which is more than they're getting at school. Um, you know, when they're, if they're retaining it and, um, I'm going to skip all those like nine and a half hours that's spent on schoolwork and being at school and commuting and all that stuff. And that's going to free us a ton to do things that they love and they can play video games too. And it's still not subtracting from all the learning they're doing. I just, we're not going to, we're skipping the pressuring that we're going to do uh, on the kids and all the stress that's on my end from doing that pressuring stress on their end we're gonna have hopefully better relationships we're not gonna spend all this time wasted on stuff that doesn't matter uh so we're skipping all that and we can do it around our schedule and i'd argue that the unschooling education is more practical of course deeper and memorable without all the junk it's going to be more passionate fun exciting I think more often than not, 
Which do you choose for your kids? <laughs> I know what I choose. So anyways, with that, stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.